welcome to Pops and Hisses, a music podcast where you hear from the artists you love. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey, and in this episode, we have singer-songwriter Matt Whipke. I've known Matt for years, and his latest album, Hard, is out now on Unusual, a new indie record label from the Twin Cities. Matt's album comes on the heels of his divorce and the pandemic and switching careers. There's a lot packed into this 10-song record, but when you see the album art, which depicts a bride and groom wedding cake topper, it's apparent what the record might be about. Whipkey's album just came out, and he's playing his first concerts promoting it. I visited Matt to talk about the genesis of the album, the killer music video for Overboard, how he put these emotional subjects into song, and his new record label, too. Real quick, I want to remind you, you can listen to the Pops and Hisses podcast and find music news, reviews, and interviews at popsandhisses.com. But right now, it's time for Matt Whipke and his new album, Hard. Let's get into it. How does this album come to be? This Genesis, because you worked on it for a while. Yeah, I did. Um... So, uh, it like the, the technical end of it was that I wrote, I wanted to work with this guy, Ian, uh, Ian Aiello, and he, well, I finished the song at the end of you know, 2019 or something. He's like, next thing you do, let me know. I want to like take a shot at mixing it. And so I wrote a song in like, March, 2020, like right after everything kind of shut down. And, uh, yeah, yeah. we were, my punk band at the time was playing a lot. So this first song I wrote was real rocking and uh, I still did it quarantine style you know I did all the tracks at home like a drum machine and I emailed it to my buddy Gata second song called Hello Hello okay. and that's what I was going to ask and um, he played drums on it and it sounded good so I sent you the tracks and he gave me a mix like in three or four days pretty pretty <laughs> quick turnaround and um, it was I mean it was like perfect it was so good. And I think that it's, I think it was, that particular song had one revision and that's what's on the album. This mix two, uh, pretty phenomenal. None of those other songs have a uh, mix two making the, the cut. So, um, although there was an outtake that had only, I had a mix two and that was it, but it didn't oh, make, right. it didn't make the record, oh, right. but, but if it did, it would have been fun. But yeah, so he really knocked it out of the park to say the least. And I was like pretty, blown away and so all right so I, I did another one and so it was just kind of exciting to have somebody on the other end that could take what i made and um make it sound really good uh and kind of a fun way did that excite you to keep going keep making stuff yeah yeah and you know the other thing that really just kind of opened the flood well of songs was uh um I got divorced, so... <laughs> yeah. If if you haven't seen the record cover, for those listening at home, it's a wedding cake topper, and <laughs> if you listen to the album, there's a lot of references to stuff. Yeah. The first, the first line of the whole album is, was it also perfect? Right? <laughs> and the irony of that first... I, I thought about that. The irony of that first line is... um. That particular song, Hard, the title track of the record, ended up, uh, it basically is older. It's from 2016. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know And that. it didn't make, well, we played it like every show, and it just didn't make these records, and, and there's no good reason for it, because it was a better song than was on any of those records, and it just didn't make it. And um, I think, uh, you know, uh, the the 
I don't know if this is superstition or not. Sometimes I get like sort of hippy dippy when I think about music. It's like the only thing in my life I get that way with. But I kind of <laughs> get that way with music, and I think it's because it saw the future and didn't have a and needed like to be manifested right. some way to come out. So, so that's. I mean, I, I'm, I changed a few of the lyrics, but that first line was it also perfect? You think you deserve it? it could be gone in an instant. Uh, maybe that's was it, it could be gone in an instant. That's perhaps that's what you wanted. Yeah, it very much fits the theme. I mean, it could be like a thesis statement. But yeah, the actual song was written years before the situation. Every yeah, and so I held off on it, but it found a place, and I, I think I didn't even decide that until until it was done. On. I was like, hey, this this I think this song will work. And then that was the one song that we actually recorded with the my band too. Right, actual right. band. It's funny too, because not knowing that, I might have known that. I think I've heard that song before. But in context of the album, it just sets off the tone of the record. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's a great first song. And it wasn't gonna be the the title track, but it just it worked out that right, way. I think right. the word so aptly described the subject matter, and at the time we made it, um, just the circumstances of the world, I guess. Right, well, right. There is only, there's only the one song that references specifically COVID stuff, the Quarantine Age Dream. Quarantine Age Dream? <laughs> yeah. That's a, I, I like that play on words. It's good. Quarantine Age Dream. <laughs> and, um, uh, well, there's actually a couple lines in, in Hard, too, about, like, wearing a mask and stuff that mm, could have, yeah, you know, ne- right. wasn't necessarily COVID, but it, 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 uh, it worked out that Fit. way. Yeah. 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 And I'm not going to ask a bunch of like, uh, personal questions about divorce, but like, <laughs> um, I mean, you just mentioned like it opened the floodgates for songwriting. Was that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, it's like you have, I mean, ever, I have like a lack of things to try to write about, but that was just so, um, basically it was all going down and after the fact, right. After, you know, cause you were given what, you know, that all happened right before the pandemic started. Yeah. And then you're given a, like my 2020 started like that. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it only kind of went downhill. <laughs> Not only is this, some ways, this really dramatic thing happening, also stay home, everyone's dying. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a lot to go through all at once. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, but it was weird in a way that a selfish, selfishly. I enjoyed just going in like a cocoon. Right. And yeah. without feeling like I was without the FOMO of it all, you know? Yeah. Like it, the feeling of just being, it's like what we always want to do. Those nights when you don't want to go out yeah. and do anything. It's like, oh, I'll just stay at home. But you actually were encouraged to stay home and they were really nice. Things. Yeah. Right. I know. Now it's like, now that people are going out again, I got to get myself back in the framework. Right. I did a little bit back in June. It was like this is the best. This is back forever and good. And it was like a month later. It's like, well, you might not want to do that. Yeah, right. 
I was like, concerts are coming back, we're yeah. ready to go, everyone's vaccinated. Now, not everybody. I played one show, yeah, I played one concert. <laughs> this was yeah. the best. And it, it was nice. I went to Maha, you know, mm-hmm. it was great. It was fun. Same. Um, and, uh, yeah, but it was just kind of a bit of like, it's like, yeah, not, not, so, not so fast, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, you had a lot of material to work with. Yeah, no shortage of... <laughs> No shortage of, uh, of things to write about. Ten songs on the record, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Did you write a lot more than that? You mentioned some outtakes. Yeah, I I had um. You usually write a lot when you're writing. Yeah, sometimes sometimes you have more. Yeah, there's probably like four or five or six or seven. There's a lot, man. Actually, um, because I thought I finished the album like in the fall, mm-hmm. and then I. Two, a couple of the songs that made the final cut actually ended up coming on the in um, uh, like last spring. So there was just a lot. It was a lot that didn't make it. Well, I didn't right. necessarily think I was writing for the record. So there, but in a way, I think I still was. Yeah. <laughs> They're all covering the same <laughs> subjects. But yeah, back to that, uh, like that. Uh, yeah, so that stuff with the, the relationship and the divorce stuff happened, and then COVID happened, so I wrote one song, and so it's, it was the time. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of time. I was luckily, like, I, I was uh, in a space, you know, kind of that uh, post, as a buddy really just kind of let me come for what was going to be just a few days, and being like over a year. <laughs> yeah. Real sweetheart. Um, and he didn't seem to, he didn't seem to care uh, but it was it was funny too when when the lockdown first happened. My friend, his name's Justin. And he's a he's a photographer and he's real great. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was kind of out of you know work too. Was the, so I was too, and so um, we know each other forever. We both just started like doing these like artistic projects. Like he had a he had a photography thing he was doing. And I just jumped headfirst into like the music stuff and. Uh, I remember telling my therapist before COVID, you know, we're talking about like what you can do to right. improve your like relationships, just in general. And I said, well, well, sir, I know what I'm not going to do. Like the next the next place I wind up, I'm not going to just, you know, turn their basement into a recording studio. <laughs> and uh, and then he happened. said, he said, he he said to me, I remember he said, he said. Yet, <laughs> and then just like not even two months later, my friend was very generous and let me turn this basement into a recording studio. Yeah, like fairly elaborate. I mean, we got loud. It's great. Like I'm just like, oh my god, the neighbors are gonna hate you. Who's this person that showed up? Why did the decibel? But it was funny because he would, he would, he had a in the garage. He had a he had a woodworking shop. Like full on, like everything you need, like right. all the this great is a, a beautiful little shop. Like took up the whole garage, and so it was funny on Saturdays, uh, or just yeah, most it always seems like it was like Saturday Saturdays during the day. He would he'd work on his projects. So dude, he got loud and there. I was like those saws. And it's oh, just like yeah. I mean, it's just shaking that side of the house, and it's like little guitar. Well, I'm not gonna be catching me reading in my room right now. <laughs> I'm gonna go run two amps together. And just triple up these like fuzz tracks, and and so <laughs> it worked out. Yeah, the funny thing was like it, it, sometimes even with the saws, like I 
it had to be like the loudest, most rocking track. Because if I was doing, honestly, if I was doing like a clean track, like you could hear some of the saws coming, <laughs> but not not enough that it would not not enough that it would like you know ruin the it, the track. Was just kind of cracked me yeah. up because so like, you're listening to the record and you're like, that sounds like a band song. <laughs> oh yeah, there was definitely some, <laughs> but it was funny because it's like, well, but I mean, the bottom line was like. I don't think he's going to bother if I well, right. if I just equal his decibel level. Yeah. That seems like the perfect sort of... <laughs> I'm sure there was a lot of loneliness and stuff on your part, but like that seems like the perfect sort of setup for what you needed to do at the time, maybe without even realizing what was Yeah, going. no, I know. It, 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 it was exactly what I needed to do at the time. Um, it'd be, and like, yeah, it's like you couldn't... I, I started like a... I, I went and got like a real corporate job too. Which probably should have put the, you know, put like a damper on the free free time music creation. But sure, if you are, if you know, if you have good self time management skills, and you can work from home, you can accomplish a lot of things. Uh, I would agree with your assessment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was in a lucky, you know, I was in a lucky spot too. I always felt, I felt, you know, I honestly felt bad for a lot of people. Probably you guys included. I mean, you had the kids and the house, this the full house. But like, if if you know, house was out doing his thing, it was just me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, so hey, you know, lunch comes around. Well, I'll eat my sandwich and track some more guitars. You know, <laughs> just buy. Um. Yeah, it, it it you can you can find that way to be be productive and so, and then uh, Ian was so encouraging too to kind of try different stuff. It was just real. It was real fun. It yeah, it's it's there's some. I don't know if they. I don't want to say the songs were fun to write. I'm sure not. Yeah, I'm sure also um, cathartic in a way. Yeah, cathartic in a way. It's not fun to write now. That, the band's rehearsing them for like the first time ever. Um, yeah, they've been fun to play. Yeah, they have. And the, and the other people have enjoyed playing them. Um, it's, yeah, I don't, I, it, it's it's weird from, uh, like, my artistic mindset of, like, do I, I want to stay true to, like, the core of what they're about, you know, mm-hmm. rather than just, really enjoy playing with my friends you know which I do I mean that's inherent but yeah it's funny like if you're playing with the band a lot and uh all your you know if you're playing with the band like all the time you're probably gonna like have some more songs about having a good time and stuff <laughs> yeah I was just and I was I'm friends with these guys the Chris Lager band they've been around forever and they have a lot mm-hmm. of songs about having a good time yeah, but like I've seen them play a lot, and they're always having a good time. <laughs> so I mean, they're really just being honest to themselves. Oh yeah, which is cool. And I, um, I think it's like because like the world, it's like the show. It's just so much. It's fun. I mean, I think it'd be tough to write a song about you know being miserable, but maybe deep in my heart, like I just I never have a good time. So <laughs> the, it's it's those yeah songs or. Uh, uh, true to my situation well I mean just the fact sure. that like they weren't being played with friends you know yeah, right, it was like right. um, I wrote them all and recorded them in a way that was preserved the, really preserved the loneliness of it all because it yeah, was, it was I just mean, me if you look at the if you look at the liner notes 
<laughs> with the exception of one song, it's you and one or maybe two other people playing every single instrument. Yeah, yeah, mostly you. Yeah, a couple songs. Are there songs? Nope, he did gave me a drum. Yeah, one song. I, a lot of them I played like everything. Um, yeah, it's just it's just myself and my friend Scott Gata would yeah. do drums on something or a lot of keys. Um, you know, and he was busy too. He has a studio at home, so we were. All, I think between Ian Scott and I were all set up for to make this happen. Well, a lot of people I've talked to have talked about how this pandemic couldn't have come at a better time, at least technologically speaking, yeah. for making music. Because in the past, you know, you would have had not. I mean, I guess this has been the we've had digital recording technology for a while, but like. If this was 20 years ago or more. Yeah, it would have been tough 20 years ago. Yeah, like, and some bands did do this. Like, some big bands that probably had the money. They all quarantined strictly for two weeks, tested themselves. Right. Their nose, and then, you know, flew to L.A. and made a record, which is not reality for anybody but the most. <laughs> like, let's let's spend some bullshit money on recording. Like, I really, li- I really liked. <laughs> but it's awesome. You can do it, like... Uh, I have a mixing room and you have a studio and you have a studio. We can just do this all together. I know, right? And so it's like when I really liked Taylor Swift's Folklore album a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because the initial rounds of press was like, and she like made a record at home. It's like, let's stop. Hard stop. <laughs> Connor almost made a record at home too in his home's a studio. His home's a record. <laughs> so if I um, made a record at home, it's take, a closet. That take, has- take the most... <laughs> popular superstar in the world I just it's just it's probably not like it's probably not a, a, like a core like 8 track flashcard like digital 8 track <laughs> yeah, with totally. like SM57 it'd be cool if it was but um yeah so it's funny I was reading those articles I'm like I'm like yeah in what with like Jack Anoff the guy from the National the guy from the National's home is a studio yeah right so not really a rough go for these folks it's like, in fact <laughs> in fact there should have been like more stuff really sure yeah I thought like I remember talking with Ian or the cinema article so like, this is like in May or something like Billy Irish records new song and like quarantine and it's like it's like oh we finally finished our first quarantine I'm like just one <laughs> you know yeah and we were we were like five I was pretty proud of ourselves and then honestly when that like Taylor Swiftbacker came out I'm like damn it not that it's, that's the competition, you well, know. Sure, not but, like it's not like Beach Boys, Beatles here, but still, yeah. it was like it's it's just somebody being like, and it was really realized too. Coming in July, that's well, crazy. It, it was like it felt okay. very like midst of pandemic when it came out because it hadn't even been that long. But shit, man, that was a long time ago that record came out. Now, yeah, yeah, like, that was in July. I mean, still, the, I, that was like late July. That was late July. So I was, yeah. I was like, it's like wow. You, Man, you, got, you guys didn't mess around. You got to like work because yeah. even if you got the best, you know, access to the best of everything, it takes a while, right? You still have to like, and, yeah, you know, even those guys that are really good at it, that doesn't mean they're not going to spend like all day working on it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, totally. Is that's not like, you know, I, that's I was just like, hey, okay, good for you guys. But I mean, because and we were, you know, but that's what kind of I mean on. Don't even have any business put myself in the same category, better than just artistic people like making things, you know. Well, yeah, but like she didn't have to get a Series Seven, and that you know, <laughs> she did, yeah. In that five months, I did, so that's <laughs> at least worth like a dozen songs I didn't write. I'd like to say that Series Seven, Series Seven, and the record 
together are maybe more impressive than Taylor Swift doing. <laughs> because for her, it's not probably that much more. Yeah. And it wasn't just a seven. There was like two other ones too. It was yeah, a no lot. Kidding. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, and it's, I, I'm in, uh, like an investment consultant basically. Right. So right. And, and, um, that's a career I didn't get into until I needed to, you know, music teaching and performing kind of went by the wayside. So I, that was my, what I, found you know I, I was looking for other jobs anyway but um yeah so it was funny like that took a lot of time to like get those get those licenses and such um while, while making while while, while doing the record yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah making and then, recording and then, yeah mixing label stuff dude <laughs> it's I a know. lot it's a lot to do i think it was it was just fun because like i like i said the material it wasn't it was it, it it was a, uh, an instance of many of the songs writing themselves, which is a right. is a very interesting and powerful thing to be um, to be a conduit for. To be, again, the hippy dippy thing with music, like yeah. it's weird. I mean, like I was, there's a song on it called Mayday. I sat down, mm-hmm. I picked it up, I, I played a chord, and started singing, and, and within 20 minutes, like the song was kind of done. And and uh, I love again painful like subject but like it's actually <laughs> has some joy it's just it's in a major key so it's fun to play with the band but yeah. like it wouldn't I, I think of how i felt when i wrote it like it was just fucking painful but now i play it with the guys i'm like it actually if they wanted people wanted to sing along with it they could totally well there's there's other people i've interviewed over the years that have written the saddest songs and you i've asked them before like man that's a it's a fucking rough song like how do you play that every night and they're like you know by the time you've played it that many times you don't, think about, you don't think about it that much and actually for a lot of people anyway they say it helps like kind of organize if it's a really sad thing those feelings and emotions and like okay i've somehow dealt with this by writing this recording it probably playing it eight thousand times to record it and rehearse it and do all that other stuff right i heard the song more times than you can count yeah and that <laughs> particular song Mayday. I wrote it on a Sunday and quick, like 20 minutes. And I set up one microphone on a Monday and recorded it in two takes, like live. And all the overdubs were put on that. So that's about the biggest, that's about the The fastest fastest turnaround I ever had on a song that I, that's as good as that. Um, Well, you mentioned that song being in a major key and it being not an easy song, but like. Yeah, it has that brighter feel, and there's a few songs like that on the record. Yeah, and it's very much... It's really it's, bright kind of songs. It's unapologetically like 145 on the chorus. You know, typically when you write something sort of in an automatic sense, it's, it's, it's going to gravitate towards those, just those major intervals. Right, That's yeah. just how the Western mind is programmed to think of melody. Um, but but it, it's... Dorky stuff, but it, it starts. The verse goes to like five, four, and I've never done that before. Yeah. Verse. So like even it's just not like a conscious. So it was a I described it to somebody as like it was kind of like a Ouija board. Just, yeah, hand is kind of it just went. It just that's went, awesome. and it and that's like you said, it's like being a conduit for something almost like you weren't even doing. It yeah, well, we were talking about. Well, you're talking about going up to Minneapolis to do radio interviews mm-hmm. and the labels up there but tell me about yeah. visual and how you got yeah they they um 
this this new uh, kind of label. I mean, I, I don't think they're just limited just to music. They'll they'll maybe be putting out other things, right. other mediums as well. But it's their first uh, musical release, and I met them. Um, I met them years ago. I was playing a uh, an odd gig. I was playing at a castle, like a. <laughs> It's a true story. I was, yeah. play, I was playing at a castle, uh, but it wasn't a real, real castle. It was a, a medieval times. Right. Right. It, it wasn't a medieval times. Somebody bought it. Yeah. And it used to but be. That qualifies born. as a castle. It, is a, it was a castle. They, they preserved the castle qualities of it. And I'm playing on, no da- joke, I'm playing on a boulder. I'm playing on a rock. And <laughs> there's a sword. The place was called Camp. The, the place had an Arthurian name. Sure. And um, there was a sword stuck in this stone I was playing behind. And people had to come and try to grab, pull the sword out. I was just kind of music background music, um, so the audience was kind of the audience were all these like arts uh, individuals, patrons, you know, right? International patrons, even it was a pretty high class event. And um, I was just the entertainment, you know. And uh, but uh, so the audience was far away. I'm on this rock. There's this sword. Uh, but they had peacocks and uh, and horses. <laughs> yeah, there were horses galloping around me while I was playing this wow. show. Yeah, I was worried they were gonna like step on my shit. Like like this one horse yeah. got dangerously close to putting a hoof right through a guitar. I was like, <laughs> so after someone grabbed it and moved it, like, but again, the horses got right. anyway. Anyway, within this audience of people were were uh, were uh, some of the individuals at unusual, mm-hmm. and we met that night. Odd place to meet. You never know who's going to see you play. You right. I mean? just never know. The strangest situations years down the road have happened many times, man. Many times. So every gig you play that you think is just the strangest thing, like that was like... Right. There's somebody there wrong. Put your best foot forward or something. You know, they were they were pressed enough and... um, Yeah, they put together this project and when this... Just this... During COVID, I, I stayed in touch. Some, some of the stuff we were working on, they were real... Uh, they are real intrigued by it. And decided to kind of roll with it, and awesome. the put out the record. Yeah, and we're going up there, been up there a few times, to like work on some stuff. I just I like the fact that their foremost concern isn't uh, <laughs> their foremost concern isn't like the bottom line, the profits, because can't really offer like financial like opinions <laughs> but i have licenses too and i guess may i tell most people if they were concerned of how to make it how right. to have a steady you know growth is you uh, don't invest in music <laughs> you don't open a record label <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> now if we're talking about you need to take some losses yeah it's like well maybe we can look into some you know, partnerships that put out music you you get a lot of write-offs yeah <laughs> you'll incur you'll incur many losses so and uh, honestly, maybe that's what they're doing. Can't say it isn't. Who knows? But they, but the beauty of not being like overly on that, you know, the it's just it was the the overall feel. I think they were attracted to this the 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 art of it all. Yeah. In this particular record and, what, and whatever it represents and how it works as a whole, I think they like that. How it works as a whole is a piece of art. Right. You know? Well, I'm like. I mean, I don't know how much you were doing the art direction and stuff or what they were involved with, but, like, just the, the album art itself and then, like, the video for Overboard, which is yeah. freaking great. Okay, yeah. You said they work, they helped you with that, so. Yeah, I, I was, so was hands-off with that. Go watch the great. video for Overboard uh, by 
our wonderful guest, Matt Lipke. But if you watch it, it's like footage from an old wedding. It's even shot. Like, it looks like VCR quality. It's Super 8. It, is it Super it's 8? It's actual Super 8 film, It's yeah. in the 3-4 ratio. Yep. So, like, it won't play widescreen on your phone. I was watching it just like, this, every part of this is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, they... And Matt's only in it for about two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, well, okay, so... What's funny about that video, and again, I didn't see it until it was done. Um, they had access to some stuff, uh, and they had access. Uh, it was funny that they had access to the, to to a film of us um, opening for Huey Lewis. That was that show. That's the show. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, 2010, and yeah, because it, it was it was shot on Super 8 too. That's funny. Yeah. I just figured they f- shot some video of you or you got some video and they put a filter on it or something. But Yeah, it was, uh, it was, that's from us. Yeah, that's so it's old. And when it popped up, I didn't, I was pleasantly surprised. And, um, the inclusion of 2010 footage of me in a t- 2021 music video is awesome. Just made me rethink my life. <laughs> And I have access to part of my artistic career. I might summon archival me. There you go. To represent <laughs> yeah. me. And I, I don't know if I'm, my, I'm only 40. Like, I got a lot of good years left. But if I start summoning archival me now, yes. like, and just make it part of the arsenal... It'll stay with me yeah. for the rest of my... 30 forever. So I'm watching some old videos from 2006 and <laughs> seeing them with a different eye. It's like... Oh, sure. It's like a lifetime ago. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, mask away. The last... The, I mean, not necessarily the last question, but one of the questions I want to ask was about Lazarus, which is one of my favorite songs. Cool. On the record. I yeah, shoot. A times. <laughs> but, like, I love... Reminds me of a... Like, it's a character song... Which reminds me of like Springsteen or The Hold Steady or other stuff that you've written that's just like it just goes through these characters as they appear and stuff about them. Like, I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it's like Tim the Tim the boyfriend and yeah, like, they Katie don't, the bartender. Maybe and, you just kind of a light bulb. Maybe if I need to, like, if I'm searching for inspiration, I'll use that song just to write a bunch of other, <laughs> yeah, because they don't reappear. Yeah, um, right, right. Yeah, all, all real people. <laughs> so it might um, be you. <laughs> that's not their names, you know. I'm not that. I'm not names that been dumb. Changed to protect the innocent. I'm not that. Not that dumb. Um, some I know well. Some I don't know at all. You know. Uh, I try to make that song so e- with each one's little verse, like to present them in a way. Right. I think right. the the more like the, that story was men feel competitive with each other when it comes to not necessarily women but just kind of relationships right or conflicts of interest or whatever like dudes get dudes get funny about that stuff you know they just do um yeah uh but like I I was trying to say like it's like that but we're all in like the same boat of the the pain that the other person in the relationship can put on them. Like if you eliminate everything else and just focus on the that kind of pain that comes from like like 
lost love and shit. Yeah. Like it's um, you can you have like a bond there. Yeah. <laughs> There's a sense in that song to me. But I'm not it's not me saying I want to be friends with all those people. No. Because <laughs> I like, don't. Right. There's a sense of, to me in that song of like you mentioned like competitiveness of looking at somebody else and being like man they're better than me or or like you're competing with them mm-hmm. and like a lot of times when you look at somebody like everybody else has their shit and they whatever you feel they might be more attractive to you they're better than you or all those other things yeah like you start stripping things away you're like no they've got their own bullshit and they're probably just as fucking weird as I feel <laughs> yeah there's there's a there's a saying uh, I wish Zip was here cause uh, he says this all the time and he knows it verbatim but it's a great thing is that at one point in time in the zoo bar bathroom in Lincoln there was some wisdom inscribed on the wall <laughs> and it says it's like no matter how attractive you think she is no matter how hot you think she is no matter like how great looking or how much you like like desire desire her you just, just know how much you want this Someone else is sick of her shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can plug any pronoun you want and do that's just right. that's just that's just that's just how it goes. Yeah. Someone else is sick of his shit and someone else is sick of their shit. It's like uh, run away with me. It's like this is new and exciting until it's not. And yeah. It's just new and exciting for you. Yeah, yeah. And that's not and that's not like that's and that's that's just that's just live. Oh yeah, for sure. But I'm glad you like that song because it's fun. Those, I like that song. Those people were all yeah. That well, came quick. That's one of those songs that yeah. broke themselves. You know. Well, it's just that strum that just comes in the each verse with the new person. I, I, now I'm gonna listen. I'll to tell you what. It's, I'll tell you exactly what's about. You can't put it in the <laughs> podcast. Do that after I turn. Okay. Off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like. I've never written a song where it's like, I can tell you exactly what it's about. Yeah. You know, well, a lot of times it's. I don't do that too often, to tell you the truth. Well, like a lot of times it's f- whatever it is. We, you know, you, you might write about a very real situation, but things change. You change it for dramatic purposes. You make up parts of it, like whatever. But yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Like that was, uh, and, you know, like I said, and it, uh, I, with subjects on this record, Dealing with the feelings, just love and failure, with the divorce, right. court order failure, you know. Um, it's just that extra level of like finality. Um, but it's it. I tried really hard not not be uh, to come off like finger pointing or petty. Or, I don't think in. Well, I think you did well because I don't think it ever comes off. And that's you know really by design. I I would write those songs. Everybody has those like knee jerk reactions. Yeah. So that's human nature. Um, wrote several of them, and like and maybe like in ten years look back like because oh, you know it's like I asked some sure. people. I'm like, hey, this is good. Is this uh, like just to not make the mistake of putting something out that you wouldn't ever really stand behind or yeah, well, could possibly, like... You can't, you can't take it back. You can't take it back, right? Um, 
I remember when I playing for some person, like, yeah, but that's a like, yeah, like, nah, go get him. Like, no, 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 this isn't how it works. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> the publishing the fuck you song is maybe might feel good for a second, but yeah. it might not be a very good idea. Well, there's like, how oh, um, it reminds me, and this is a completely ridiculous example, but like, you've seen The Wedding Singer in the middle of the movie. Have you seen the movie? Yeah. With Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah, the middle yeah. movie has like a complete mental breakdown while he's like playing like the biggest yeah. like fuck go fuck yourself song. Yeah. And it's like it's really funny in a movie and like might be really pointed, but also might be a really bad idea to like actually do that. On um Bob Dylan has a song. I, I remember reading in many interviews, they asked him like what's like, is there any like song you regret putting mm-hmm. out? And in numerous occasions, he said this song called uh, Ballad and Plain D on another side of uh, Bob Dylan. And it's this, like, story, <laughs> like, pretty much true life story, like, about his, like, girlfriend and her sister and, like, their family. It's, like, real. <laughs> it's for Dylan. It's about as, like, personal as, like, it's yeah. ever been. And and he always said that he regretted putting that out. And, like, he would, wouldn't do it. If yeah. he could do it again, it wouldn't be. You know, but I think it's, like, well, it's like, you know, it's not a hit by any means, but it's a song on one of his early records. And everybody, sure. if you're a fan, you know it. But if and you're a fan, you know it, and it's probably been listened to millions of times. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you hear him, it's like, so you just want to be... <clears throat> I didn't want to say anything that... Would, that I wouldn't, you know, feel like I could stand behind down the road. Yeah, and right, so right. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of, in, that I think I got there. Yeah, you know, I think so. Overboard was the last song written for it. Oh, really? Yeah, it was actually all the cover was shot. The track list was done, and Overboard wasn't even written yet. So I wrote it, and, and oh, wow. ultimately went on the record. <laughs> and it's like probably the, it's one of the best songs on it. So it kind of ties it together in a way. Right. Well, that's another. I feel like the hard and Overboard, which again, if you've got the vinyl in your hands like I do right now while I'm talking, like. They're the first tracks off of each side. Yep. And like they both set the tone for yeah. that side of the record in a really cool way. And it's really interesting that Hard you wrote forever ago and yeah. Overboard you wrote last. Good dude, yeah. Very like Good thematic, perfect wow. shots. Yeah. And I don't know if that's intentional or not. No. Not, well, damn like, good job. Overboard was like last and it just kind of came out. And I remember we were putting the artwork together and I sent it to my buddy and I'm like, hey. And he's like, well, I wrote it and played it acoustic to a few people that uh, certainly close to me, but <clears throat> not like they weren't immersed in this project. Right. Like I didn't play it to Ian or, or Gata or anybody else, just some other people. And they're both like, they both have like heard me play countless things. Yeah. You know? And so like when you play Rounds and Bay all the time, you play them stuff. They may not have like any reaction at all, but that's like totally fine because they're like always around it. Sure. But then like if they're like, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So anytime, anytime like somebody I would be around like all the time, hearing something, just be like, that's pretty good. So that happened with like two people with overboard. They're like, huh. Might have some there. It's, yeah. And so I I finished it. And I sent it to my buddy. I'm like, I think you know. I know we thought we were done. <laughs> I know we la- we labored over this. Yeah. Order of songs. Wrote another one, and then some. I just made an acoustic demo, sent it, and they were like, they're like, um, but like, um, they uh, 
we just went he's like yeah that's good you gotta record that and then so like <laughs> I called yeah, him and this Ian uh, but he was immersed in doing like all these other stuff I'm like hey guess what got another one it's one more but he'll say it's his favorite so yeah like mix so it was kind of it was, it was, it was a nice blessing to have it and then once we had it once it was done and the very last song on the record too called Big Noise that was never kind of supposed to be on it but yeah, yeah. wound up on it and it closes it real well I think yeah I really dig the record yeah I think it's great I th- it, um, sounds good too right thanks for listening to my talk with Matt Whipke head to his website mattwhipke.com to get the album on vinyl or digitally or for tickets to his upcoming shows Matt and his band are playing a pair of album release shows here in Omaha on November 12th at The Jewel get tickets at jewelomaha.com Jewel is spelled with two L's Subscribe to the Pops and Hisses podcast on your favorite podcast app or head to popsandhisses.com where you can listen to the podcast and find more music news reviews, interviews, and podcast episodes. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey, and you can follow me on Twitter as at Omaha Music Guy or find my page on Facebook by searching for my name, Kevin Coffey. Thank you to Herd at Media, as always, for producing the show and find lots more of our podcasts at herdatmedia.com slash network. That's H-U-R-R-D-A-T media.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. A Huda Media Production.